Our guest today is a mother to two young boys, a volleyball coach and a club director. Her and I had a discussion mainly centering around divorce and the sometimes fragile and confusing relationship between men and women. She is a strong, brave, sensitive, and overwhelmingly kind person. And I'm happy I got to know her. And I think you will be too. Here is my friend, Taylor Canoso. I've never started it this way, but I wanted to ask you, is there something you wanted to talk about? Mm, gosh, I don't even know. I feel like I'm ready to talk to anyone about anything that's willing to listen at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, the reason I think we were connected is because of divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And young kids, youngish kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. You have three? I have three. Okay. Yeah. 14, 10, and seven. Okay. Yeah. Mine are almost four and seven. Okay. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things that um, obviously you never planned for mm-hmm. and it just kind of happens or maybe, maybe you wanted it to happen, but it's still difficult if you're the one initiating it, right? Mm-hmm. Did you... Did you initiate? I did. Yeah? Yeah. But I knew, so the last, I would say the last three years um, for us was really difficult. Um, Like right after I had my second child, it got, it just changed between us. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were a lot more, um, there were like different episodes that he was going through that I hadn't experienced with him yet. and then also just being a new mom again and having two kids this time, um, you know, there was a, there's a focus change, especially for like a mom when you are so connected to your children and they become everything that you are like why you're existing basically. And it was the shift from like our relationship before where when we didn't have kids, it was like my focus was way more on him and helping him get through things and initiating counseling or, you know, I have always been the initiator in the relationship period. Um, so yeah, when, when we started having a lot of issues after my second was born, um, like I wasn't getting support from him the way that I needed it mm-hmm. as a mom. And so it was like, I always like picture like this, like line of like, he's here, I'm here, my kids are here. And I'm like facing them, like giving everything to them. And like, what what I wish would have been happening is that he was like behind me, like supporting me while I was wrapped up in this or, and also doing it with me. Um, But he basically was not he was not supporting me he was being a good dad Mm -hmm. but it was like he bypassed me Mm -hmm. so um it's weird how it changes the dynamic right mm -hmm. kids are i mean i'm sure you feel the same way the kids my kids are the greatest thing that ever happened Mm -hmm. and that love that you have for them you can't really explain to somebody that doesn't have kids Right. Because it's a different type of love. Mm-hmm. It's not the love you feel for your parents or your grandparents or your spouse or whatever. It's like completely different. And um, 
it can complicate your relationship for sure. Mm-hmm. And you never know. There's no way to test it out. It just happens. And then you're like, oh, we got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're saying in your situation, you you had your second and then things kind of started to Yeah, to I think it just, crack. it really shown, it like showed a light on our weaknesses as a couple. And it really showed us where, well, for me it did, just like where we were really lacking. And like, obviously those things existed before kids or even before the second one. Um, but then when you don't, like when I didn't have the capacity to actively work on my marriage anymore because I was I had this whole other thing going on um you know things crumble a little bit faster Mm -hmm. so um it really just I think we hadn't been on the same page um and we were like kind of pretending and just going through the motions and um and then it just got to a point where we like couldn't pretend anymore and it was just really obvious that we were really just growing apart I find it interesting, though, that um, the majority of people I talk to, it's usually the woman who initiates. It seems like guys are more willing to to accept things as they are and just kind of keep going through the motions. And women will get fed up with the relationship for years and years and years. And then I don't know if this is the case for you, but when it finally cracks and and something has to happen, usually the guy is caught off guard. And I mean, that's kind of how it was with me. Things were not good for a long time, but um, it almost feels like you, because you guys are so much better women, because you're so much better at dealing with emotion than dudes are. Like when that finally happens, it's insanely devastating because you kind of already processed a bunch of it, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like part of that three years was um, I had actually like left three times just like for the longest I had left was like a week. Um, but I had left three times with the kids because of like, like huge episodes that he would be going through um, suicidal threats to me toward or like, you know. He would say them to me. Um, And I just, at that point, I really was like fed up. And so anything that would happen like that, I was like, I don't even have the capacity to be in the house with you when this happens anymore. So I would just pick up the kids and go. Um, I've also discovered about myself that I'm a huge avoider. And so is he. Like he's a like avoider of all avoiders. Um, But... I had never noticed how much I avoided things until I have been away from him because I had really always been the one sort of like like going after things and initiating things and really making things happen um, because someone had to. And so it was me like stepping up and doing that. Um, but I still have realized even like apart from him that I still am an avoider. So I think that was a huge part of our problem too, is like we both were essentially just like walking away when things got hard. So you, you realized that things were bad, but you just, instead of dealing with it, you just tried to like push it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to the point where I did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, I mean, I, I stuck around for like a lot of really hard things with him. 
um, in the beginning of our relationship, even before we were married, like I was so young and still chose to like stick it out. How old were you when you got married? 21. 21. I was 18, almost 19 when we started dating. Um, he's a little bit older. So he was 23. Yeah. Yeah. 21. Like such a baby. (laughs) You, uh, I'm 37 and I was with the person I was with from basically like 21 to maybe like 33. So like all of my twenties for sure. Mm -hmm. And you don't really realize what it's like until you get out of it. Mm -hmm. Like your twenties, it's this thing that you think about when you're younger and then they just kind of happen. And, um, I mean, I made a lot of mistakes and she made a lot of mistakes and I'm happy where it, where it put me. Um, I mean, all of that stuff is insanely painful, mm-hmm. uh, but it's good to get through it. But then you look back on it and you're like, man, all my 20s are gone. And I was with the wrong person. I chose the wrong person. And that mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how, I don't know how you could meet someone at 18 or 19 or 20 or whatever and and not change right like you have to change together because so much can happen in that that decade of your life so i i don't know how honestly i don't know how people do it yeah we both i mean yeah we totally we were both changing pretty rapidly especially like you know i told you earlier we were like a part of a church um we left the church back in 2018 or 19. Um, we, we met in the church. He grew up in the church. I pretty much did, but to a different degree. He was very involved. His parents started churches over and over again. And um, that was like our, our whole identity was like based around being a Christian. And, yeah. and we, we like as a couple, like we were known like as – worship leaders and um like we had this whole identity wrapped up in the church and so when we walked away from that it, it was very freeing and we actually grew together in a lot of ways when that happened because we both realized like we were we had the same doubt about it we actually um had a lot more in common with how we really felt about spirituality and and like what the church meant to us. Um, and so we actually like grew to a certain degree. We grew together um, during that time. Um, and although it was super hard, because at the same time, we also had all these forces on the outside being like, why are you leaving? Like, you know, a lot of shame and like just questioning us nonstop. And um, a lot of it was some family. So it was like, just really the dynamic was super weird. Um, but yeah, so it was like, we were free and like we were like exploring this whole new like chapter of our lives together and seeing what that looked like. And it was actually really beautiful. And, and then it was like, we just kept growing and growing. And then eventually it was just like, I think we just started growing apart. Like it, um, it, it set him on a path for himself of like self-discovery and, um, you know, like, like allowing him to be who he really like felt like he was, even though he was like kind of hiding that for a while. Um, 
And, you know, I thought it was great. And I think he had a lot of self self growth through that. And, and then I was kind of doing my own thing too. And, um, ultimately it just, I think it was great at first. And then we just kept going on different pages. Like the communication wasn't all the way there, all the way through it. And that's like where it kind of fell apart. Yeah. I was thinking about that before you came here. Uh, the communication factor is huge. I mean, I have issues with people I work with, um, my parents, my family, my friends, like it's so difficult to get, to get the answer out of people sometimes. Like um, people just, for the most part, they're incapable of really saying what they want to say. Mm -hmm. And then you have to guess, and then you probably guess wrong. And then, I mean, sometimes you can internalize that and personalize it and make it something about you and it's not really. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's, I think that's like the one of the biggest issues, that and then uh, financial, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I mean, sex plays a, a factor and family pays, plays a factor. There's so many things that go into a marriage mm -hmm. that um, change over time. And you either have to stick it out and try to figure it out and be unhappy, I guess, or you walk away. But walking away is really hard. Mm -hmm. And you don't really understand until it happens. But yeah, yeah I get now why people stay and just make it work, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think what you said earlier about, like, maybe, I don't know if it's just a guy thing or not, but, like, like being more willing to just choose, like, to maybe be kind of unhappy or, like, it's maybe difficult, but it's more comfortable to stay. Um, that's totally, like, was our situation. Um, I mean, like, even with me, it was, like, I for three years, like, I was – toying with this idea of like well, what does our future look like like we're not we're growing apart we're not getting closer our kids are getting older I'm like feeling like I'm stepping into this version of myself that is completely different than I was when I first met him um like what like I couldn't picture what our future looked like at all and I mean every time like it wasn't until I would like you know, go to my parent, my parents for the weekend, and kept leaving. Um, and we, and I finally would start talking about like logistics of like what it looks like with my mom, because my mom's been through it like a few times. Um, not divorce itself, but she's just been through long re relationships that mm -hmm. um, ended badly, and um, yeah. And so it wasn't until I started talking about logistics of like what it could look like. And then I started voicing it more, like even with my friends who knew what was going on between us and knew how like much of a struggle it was. Like I would finally, like I remember the day that I finally admitted to my friend, like, I think I'm just done. Like it's not even like this huge thing happened. It's not like he relapsed and like had this huge, terrible episode, which I think I was thinking was going to happen. Like I was waiting for like this huge excuse of like, okay, that's it. Like I'm out. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't really even like that was going on. It was just like slowly like chipping away at me like over and over. Did you feel guilty for doing it? Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. And then mostly it came down to like the kids. Yeah. 
like the guilt came from the kids and what it would ha- like what it would do to the kids. You know what though? I've only known you for like 20 minutes, but um <laughs> I have a friend who is in the same spot and has been for 5 years and she won't leave. And the relationship between her and him is awful. Mm-hmm. And the, she has two kids and they're there all the time and mm-hmm. they have to see these two people interact in a way that's not positive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you have to feel too bad. You got to stop it at some point. Right. You can't just, it's not like the 70s, you don't just write it out because that's what you're <laughs> supposed to do. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, that's ultimately what, like, was the deciding factor for walking away was my oldest was just getting too aware of the tension. And Mm -hmm. it was, like, physically affecting him to the point where he was, you could tell he was just, like, not happy. And he's a very happy kid, Mm -hmm. like, very, like, social and loves school and wants to try everything. And he all of a sudden hated school. He didn't want to try anything else. He wanted to quit piano. He wanted to quit gymnastics. He wanted to quit everything. And so I was like, that's not like him. And I know that he had witnessed interactions between us that would be terrible to yeah. to, to witness. Um, and so I think for me, like to an extent, like I, I do remember what that was like. I was older when I witnessed my parents going through it. Um, so it's probably a little different, like, to comprehend and understand. But I still I would always think about, like, how crappy that would feel as a kid to, you know, watch that happen. And how I remember wishing, like, I wish they would just break up. Like, <laughs> just cut the tie. Everyone's mm-hmm. waiting. Like, everyone knows that, like, you guys both need to do this. And so yeah. I just would always think, like, I think my kids deserve the best version of both of their parents. Yeah. And right now, like, we're not even, we're not able to give that to each other. Like we're not bringing out the best versions of, like I knew that I brought out the worst version of him. Like I knew that I was triggering him and he was triggering me in the same way. I know it wasn't all about the decisions and things that he said. I know it was me too. Um, But it just got to this point where we both were just like reacting off of each other. Is there anything he could have done to fix it or save it? Or you, you, at that point, you you dealt with it long enough. You're you mm-hmm. were done. That mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. Right. And th- I mean, that came up many times when I told him I wanted a divorce. It was there was about a week of saying like, I'll do whatever, and I just couldn't even. I think that's one of the major differences between men and women, and I, I, it's it sucks to generalize like that, but like, like I said earlier, I think women process it so much more and get to the point where they can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, oh my God, I'm going to lose everything. I'll do whatever. Like I'll chop my arm off. What do you want? I'll do anything. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter at that point. Mm -hmm. It's too far gone. And that is brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. The whole thing is just so awful. I'm Mm -hmm. like four years out and there's still stuff that bugs me all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you'll hear like a song or something, or you'll drive past a place where you ate dinner together. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go away. Yeah. Like it's always like residual. Um, so not to be negative. 
but no, I think yeah and especially because like like you guys too like you guys when you get together with someone at such a like cr- like not it's a crucial age but like you know beginning of your 20s is just <laughs> it's such a crossroads of like where your life is gonna go and when you're doing that together with someone and you of course then like you you know you imagine it being with you know them the whole time like all the way through but then when you like when you realize how much you've changed in the matter of whatever you know when you get to a different decade of your life it's like if that person if you don't feel like even closer to that person by that time like that's what was scaring me like really like that's what was so scary for me was going into this new decade of my 30s and realizing that I was cohabitating with my spouse and that our kids were our buffer and like I was I had always been so excited for my 30s especially after I had kids I was like I'm so ready for my 30s like <laughs> I feel like I already should be in my 30s and so when I realized that like my partner was like we we are just emotionally physically like every like so disconnected I was like, why are we doing this? Like, this is supposed to be like a super exciting time. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Did you did you feel like there was something that that pushed it that direction? Or was it just like slow, slow burn falling off the cliff? Um Yeah. I mean, I, you don't have to say anything personal if no, you don't want that. No, like, it's just hard to like, there's so many things. Um I think mostly a slow burn. Um, Ultimately, you know, he has always struggled with drugs and alcohol. So that's always been a huge thing. Um, And although, like, he for the most part has been sober for the last seven years, basically, like, his last, like, binger was when my oldest was two months old. Um, He... He got to it like he was sober, but then he was like constantly facing the thing that he had always been trying to cope with, which was like super high anxiety and kind of like some manic like stuff where he was just very up and down, Um, you know, and it was this constant battle of like trying medication and like like begging to like go to therapy and like getting going to a doctor to like talk like get people on your team to like you know figure out what's going on because I'm I knew that there was just like a some kind of an imbalance going on it was pretty obvious um I think for so long he'd been coping with substances and so like when he wasn't doing that anymore it was like here they are like here's all the things that you've been hiding for you know for a long time um and so that like over and over again was I think that was the slow burn of like me getting to a point where I just couldn't even, I like didn't even want to ask him to do anymore because, or like to get help because I'm like, why am like, I'm asking you to go help yourself. Like that's not long-term, like that's not a long-term solution for you. That's the same thing that's been happening where you're either faced with an like an ultimatum or a threat to go get help. And so it's still like not for yourself. Like it's for everybody else that's been asking you to get help for the last, you know, since he's you know for the last 15 years um so I think it really was just this um 
I was done with the cycle of of it being okay for a couple months, and then it was comfortable because we weren't really talking about anything hard or serious. And then, like, we'd have I would have to like bring up one hard conversation, and then it would all just hit the fan again. Yeah. And so I was just like, well, we, we can't even like talk about anything. Do you drink? I do socially. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, like that's actually why I thought like I was like, I think I'm his person. Like when I was 21, I'm like, I think I am his person because I drank. I had like my, like my party year, my first year of college. And that was it. Like uh-huh. I was like, I couldn't, I mean, I enjoy having a drink, but I could be okay without it too. Yeah. And so, you know, he like he had an issue with drugs at first and then it wasn't he didn't even know that he had an like that he was an alcoholic until he stopped doing drugs and then he realized, "Oh, I also like have an issue with alcohol." Mm-hmm. And so I really thought like this is why I'm your person because I can support you. Mm-hmm. I don't need to drink around you. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um but then it <sighs> But then he wasn't even like staying sober. It was just like this weird, like, I don't know how to support you. Like, I'm trying to help you with this. And like, I'm trying to be sober too for you. And do you think that's a common theme that women typically try to fix men and help them? Um, I think for my case, it was like he, it was like he wasn't choosing to help himself and so i was like well i have to come in and do things for you then just like his mom (laughs) like i like i always like made this joke of like i really feel like his mother because i knew that she was also enabling with the way that she was like walking on tiptoes around him and then like trying to make you make his falls as soft as possible so that he wouldn't experience like too much like like anything traumatizing or um, you know, he's a very supportive family, but just super enabling in the way that they, um, like there's always a huge safety net there of mm-hmm. like, don't fall too hard. So I, I think, I, I don't think I was trying to fix him. I think I just, I was assisting like way too much and, and trying to, there was like some codependency there of just trying to be the one to really help him through it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good. That should be the case for couples for too. Sure. Um, but if they don't want it for themselves, then yeah. it just becomes like this constant heartbreak and disappointment. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can think of anyone in my life who doesn't have an issue with something, mm-hmm. including myself. Mm-hmm. And if that those people don't want to do anything about it, then it's not going to happen. You can't force anyone to change. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's, it took me 15 years to figure that out, but um, you can offer ideas and support and this and that, but like really people do what they want to do and they have to want to change something internally. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess uh, I guess if you're married to somebody and they're they're trying to get you to change and you don't, eventually you just get sick of it and give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was just um, the moment that I said, like, okay, I'm 
I'm not going to push him anymore. I'm not going to, like, I'm going to let go of my expectations of what I, like, wish this relationship would look like. And, I mean, don't even, I don't even think about, like, my own needs anymore because, like, you know, like, no one's asking me about those. It's just been, like, what, like, what do you need? And the moment that I just, like, realized that I needed to start choosing myself and putting my time there because I was like really I mean my my mental health and my like physical health was suffering because of so being so focused on everybody else Mm -hmm. and so the moment that I started choosing myself you know there it actually it was good in ways because then I think honestly there were times when I could tell that was affecting him in a good way where he was finally like oh okay she's she's backing off of me and I think I was happier because I was finally creating my own happiness mm-hmm. instead of relying on someone else. Um, so it was good. There were good, definitely good times. And then I think like that's that was the start of like I slowly walked away and like was focusing on myself. And then I got to a point where I was just like sprinting away. Like, okay, I finally found like what it feels like to create happiness for myself and I'm out of here. <laughs> do you feel better now? I do. Yeah. I, I mean, they're as hard as it's been. Um there's been just such a shit show uh there hasn't been one day that i have regretted it like Hmm. from the beginning like from the week that i told him and the i mean i lived there for a month after i told him and it was hell um but even then like i still was like nope like i had weird i just had like some weird things happen where it was like okay that's really eerie like just weird I don't know like just little things every day that would tell me like I was on the right path like just little affirmations every day Mm -hmm. um and although it felt like that part of my life was just I mean obviously it was falling apart there were so many other things in my life that were coming together because because I had finally just done the thing that I think I was building up to do and was really just starting to focus on myself Mm -hmm. like to make myself like the best version um, for my kids and, and how, for me. How far out are you? I left in October. Wow. Um, we haven't even, ha- I haven't even been in front of a judge yet. Like our f- oh, so you're still legally married? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like our, we have, um, our first court date is parenting time, custody, child support during spring break. Mm-hmm. And that's like what we're working on right now, building up to that. Um, we have our final date, like our final divorce date, um, but who knows if that will even with the way the court is right now. <laughs> uh, it's very backed up. So we our tentative date is June, at the end of June, like for our final hearing. But um, yeah, I'm not holding my breath for that right now. Yeah, it takes a long time right now. Yeah. I had to go through some some parenting time stuff. And uh, I had her served in April of 2020, and they wouldn't serve her until it took 18 months. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Because they wouldn't have the rep from the state or whatever physically take mm. it to her because of COVID. It was a month out of COVID. That yeah. was like yeah, it was right, crazy time. Yeah, right people were still. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people didn't know what it was at that point. Yeah. So it was still a little hectic. Uh-huh. Um. So I got to ask what, 
What what did you like in the beginning? What made you fall in love with them? Well, I was 18, <laughs> and uh, he was a musician. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. <laughs> um, I actually was in high school when I met him again at that at a, at church. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, it was like this joke of like, "There's your future husband," because I like everyone knew that I had a crush on him. Um, knew his family pretty well because of that church, and then. Uh, we started dating the fall after I graduated. We played in a um, volleyball league together. Mm-hmm. And little did I know, he was like heavily on drugs <laughs> during that summer. Um, I was just so infatuated that I didn't even realize. Like, And I was 18, so I'm like, I don't even know what someone on drugs looks like. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then he left for a month um, to rehab. And like right after he got back. Some like he reached out to me on Facebook or something, Facebook, uh, and we just started hanging out. And like we were, you know, I knew his like he told me all about what he was going through. I was kind of going through my own um, some health issues going on, and uh, we were both in a very vulnerable place of like wanting change, like really, really bad for ourselves. And we, I think, we really bonded over, um, you know, this idea of healing and um, like transformation and and just like wanting a better life for ourselves. And so, um, yeah, like we just started dating like right away. And um, it's hard to like look back and like think about all the things that I I know that I was like, I fell in love really fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was my first time ever really being in love. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a child <laughs> uh, and I had never, I mean, I had relationships before that, but like in high school. So it was like, you know, it's not quite the same. No, it's no. Um, and so that was just the first experience I had had with a relationship like that, where there was this just like deep understanding of each other and being finally uh, in a place where I felt like I could be really honest about these like actual life struggles and, um, yeah. And plus he's older, so he's five years older than me. And so, you know, it was just like this, you're so much older and you're wiser and you're, you've gone through all this stuff. And I think there was this, there was a big codependency on each other of like, okay, this person's going to like help me get through this really shitty time in my life. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be the people we're going to be each other's person of like getting each other through this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that that's a bad thing all no. the time. It's nice to have somebody that you can yeah. rely on. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. do you feel like you missed out on experiencing other people and like mm-hmm. figuring out mm-hmm. what you really liked or what yeah. you really loved? Yeah. This is probably a whole other conversation, but again, back to like the whole church thing uh-huh. of like, um, you know, courting somebody to marry uh-huh. them. And uh, yeah, I mean, I had only like, he was the second person I had ever been with physically. And so I was like, and I was already like freaking out of like, oh my gosh, I have to tell this person that like I've been with someone else. And, <laughs> you know, it's just like crazy to think about like the shame and like the, just so much shame. That's all I can say is just shame. And so we both came from that background of like, you're a terrible person and like 
your flesh is bad and like, you know, I could go on and on about, about all the things. Um, and so I think, you know, in my mind, I'm trying to think like back to like my, you know, 19, 20 year old mind of like my role in this life is to be a mom, which is not a bad thing. I'm, I love being a mom, but my role is to be a submissive, a submissive wife, a mom, and to like serve the church. Mm-hmm. Like that was what, like the role that was like burned into my head of what a good woman looks like. Mm-hmm. And so the quicker that I could get on that path, the better. And so, um, and honestly, like he probably would have said the same thing for his role as a man also in the church. Mm-hmm. So I think we both were like trying so hard to get on that path um, because we saw people around us doing it. And we're like, we need to do that. Like that's what the right thing to do is. And how so, did you feel once you got there? Did you feel like you're doing the right thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you get married in the church, there's a lot of, you know, it, it's what's that word? You know, you're in an echo chamber. Like it's just, we were in it. So like, yeah, of course we thought we were doing the right thing. Um, I had, I had people on my side who aren't necessarily from the church. Like they don't have that background, um, including my parents. Like uh, my mom was very uh, resistant to supporting me get married that young. And she saw all the things also going on um, with my ex and all of his like struggles with alcohol and um, you know, me not being, me not even being old enough to go into a bar and he was drunk all the time. <laughs> like I I was like, I, and I was still choosing to be that person for him for whatever reason back then. But yeah. So anyways, my mom was like the only, she was the kind of the loud, like, I don't know about this. I don't know about this because she had lived through so much of the same, like, uh, three of her exes were also alcoholics and um, she just was like, of course she doesn't want that for her own daughter. Like doesn't want her to experience that. So she was just um, pretty from the beginning. Like I don't, I I like him. He's a great person and I like his family, but I just don't know if I want this for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the most part, when we got married, it was like, yeah, we're doing the right thing. He had just finished Bible school. We like got engaged like at his graduation. Like it was just like this very like, um, like things like, oh, I don't know, like a young Christian girl would like dream of, <laughs> like just like out of a, whatever, a stupid book. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it felt right at the time, but it, I mean, it took six months for our marriage to like go through some really serious problems. Like, uh, he was, you know, drinking right away again and he'd gotten, he'd gotten sober. Like, um, basically when we got engaged, the time that we got married, he was sober. So like that when we were only engaged for five months before we got married. Um, so it wasn't that long. And it was like right after we got married, it was like, okay, I think he probably had this like, okay, like I can settle down. Like I can get comfortable. Like I can, you know, like you quickly got, like we quickly got comfortable. Um, I guess I shouldn't speak for both of us, but yeah. <laughs> It was it was five months after we got married that he got his first DUI, and um, so we. I mean, we weren't even a year married before we were like experiencing like some very severe legal problems. Yeah. So it didn't take long for me to be like, oh, like what, like what is this gonna look like? 
you know, it was, you hear about like what your first year of marriage, like, or what people say about their first year of marriage and how like wonderful it is. And, you know, the honeymoon phase, how long it lasts. And it was like (laughs) two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it just was a, it was a pretty rocky start um, from the beginning. And um, yeah, it wasn't even a year later and he got a second one. And I also had just found out I was pregnant with my first child. So I was just going to ask you that. So did you guys plan on having kids or did it happen? It happened. (laughs) The first one. Yep. First one happened. Uh, I think like I was getting, you know, we were almost, let's see, we were a year and a half married at that point. Um, And, you know, by then, (laughs) like uh, couples that like that we knew of, but, um, you know, they were having kids pretty quickly, like, don't wait around too long to like start <laughs> uh, um, having kids. So it, it was okay. It just wasn't obviously with where we were at legally with like dealing with stuff and where he was in his recovery. Um, it was a little scary. Um, like I had to tell our family that I was pregnant when he was in jail. Hmm. So. so was the whole pregnancy not positive then Mm -hmm. did it get better it had moments of it was hard um he was in inpatient for 30 days when i was seven months pregnant he also had to serve 20 days in jail because like as of or as a part of his plea deal um my cat got hit by a car (laughs) like there was like all these like really traumatic things actually happened when i was pregnant uh I mean, I look back and it's like, I don't, I think maybe I blocked him out or something. I don't know. It's like, it doesn't feel super traumatic, but yeah. I, I, when I say them out loud, like all the stuff that happened and like how my partner wasn't really, he was he missed a lot of like important things during mm-hmm. my pregnancy. Um, and it's kind of traumatic for a first time. I was 23 too. Like I was super young. Um, yeah. So just having your, you know, first kid again, it's like you compare it to like the expectation or like you compare it to like what you think it's going to be like. And you're like, it's terrible. But were you stoked? Like you said you wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Yeah, No, I was like, I think that honestly, like having, knowing that I had a baby like growing inside of me was probably the thing that got me through like the really like you know, I almost felt like, like there's someone else with me here. Like I didn't, in a weird way, I didn't feel super alone. Obviously I had a huge purpose, like, of like carrying life. Um, and so I think that really got me through. I also had a lot of friends that were pregnant at the same time. So like I had, you know, things in common with people going through just that alone. Um, and I did have a lot of support. So it, it, you know, I think, there was some like there was good out of it too, um, and then once we had, I mean, obviously, like once I actually became a mom, it was like a whole like game over. Like, oh yeah, this is I love it. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but like, don't rely on kids to fix your. Don't get pregnant <laughs> just to fix your marriage. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's such a bummer. Because, I mean, ideally you have two people together that love each other, that can have 
two incomes, so everything's easier. You pay for the house, you pay for the cars, all that kind of stuff. When you split up, then you got to deal with boyfriends and girlfriends and child support and apartments and weekends. Like, it just gets so complicated. You're ideally supposed to stay together and live together, but it just doesn't always work that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the stats are anymore, but, like, it's so high on the divorce rate. Oh, yeah. And I don't even know... Do you think you'll get married again? Oh, gosh. It's so hard. How long have I been <laughs> separated? <laughs> You're still married right now. <laughs> um, It's hard to say that. Yeah. I mean, not because it's like I'm going through it, but I see how, like, I, I used to not ever understand how anyone wouldn't ever want to get married. But now, like, all the things that you just listed, like, it is complicated. Well, why why get married? What what is what is appealing about marriage to you? I mean, I do think there's something special about having someone that um that you like, you know, you go through life with and you go through ups and downs. I mean, I think kids are huge. Like I think kids are beautiful and like if I sharing that alone with someone is you know, but do you have to be married? It's true. You can, no, you could still fall yeah. in love with somebody. It's true. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm like, I don't like what is being married aside from the legal part of it of signing, right? Um, you can still own. I mean, all the other things come with a relationship if you want that. Mm-hmm. So, you're right? Gosh, my joke is always, <laughs> I'll just get her to sign a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I want that, but it's just like, I don't know. I don't ever want to do it again. Mm-hmm. I, I not get married. I, I don't ever want to get divorced again. Yeah. And it's like, that's the kind of thing too, like where I I think in my, I, I'm pretty sure like back when I was 21 and said yes, like I'm pretty sure I was like, had all the best intentions of staying with that person for my whole life and was very excited to marry him and could totally picture doing all of the things that I don't know, married people do together. So how, how can I ever be sure again that like, that it would work again, you know? Cause I was so sh- I think I was really sure then mm-hmm. I was much younger and a different person, but like, aren't I going to change again? Like, Probably, you know, probably that's what's scary is like you every year I get older, I feel like I'm super smart. Mm -hmm. And then I look back at younger me and I'm like, that guy was an idiot. (laughs) And I'm like, what is 50 year old me going to think about 37 year old me? (laughs) Like Maybe I'm an idiot right now. I don't know. (laughs) It's so weird. Yeah. Hindsight is weird. But it's good. I mean, I wouldn't want to be the same person mm-hmm. I am right now. That mm-hmm. means I didn't learn anything. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the best part about being alive is like changing every day and learning and meeting new people who can like help you grow, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. It's nice to be in love. I mean, that's like the best thing yeah. there is. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know that you can hope for it to 
be as good as it ever could be forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you just don't know, like what, like you don't even know. Yeah, what life is going to throw at you, or how you're both going to change. And the question that I have like hated the most is like, would you? Well, not even now, but like more so, like when I was telling like a friend, like when I would tell my friends, like I think I, I think I'm done. Like I think I'm ready to actually be done with this relationship. And they would ask me like. Would you choose him now if you had just met now? I'm like, no, 100% no. Yeah. Like, am I supposed to say yes to that? Like, does anyone say yes to that? Like, you wouldn't be trying to get divorced if you thought that <laughs> things would be great. Yeah. It's just, and so that's the, I mean, I really was like, oh, yeah, I like really, I really wouldn't, I really wouldn't have, we would have, I don't, I don't know that he would have chosen me, honestly. Like, if, you know, if he was asked the same question. You think he, you think he's disappointed in you? Uh, I think he, I think he also felt like, I mean, he, he was said that he was caught off guard when I, you know, asked for a divorce and everything. And But it was really only like a week of him saying, like, this isn't right. This isn't right. And it didn't take long for him to like I think like let go he was pissed but um I really had this sense that like I mean he wasn't happy with his life um he wanted out of his job he wanted to move to the middle of nowhere he you know like literally like would say things about just it being easier if he didn't exist like like you're not happy so I mean, not that like a relationship can pull you out of that, but I don't know. It just, it felt like I, I, I could not get a sense that he was super happy in our relationship either. Cause we were so disconnected. I mean, at the end there, we went a full month and a half without talking yeah. in the house. Like we were living in the house for a month and a half and wouldn't say a word. Like I was sleeping in my kids' beds and on the couch yeah. for a month and a half. And it, he didn't even ask me why I wasn't sleeping in the room. Until after a month. And it was over and it was over a text message. <laughs> like that's how like what? Yeah. Like that's how like disconnected we were. Like it was and it's like two avoiders just avoiding at all costs. Like talk about So yeah, it was just like, well, you know, he's never been like a fighter. He's never been he's a you know, pretty passive person. Um doesn't yeah I never like put up a fight for much and so I really didn't I didn't foresee him really like did you want him to put up a fight not that, really no no that wouldn't have made you feel like he knew he was losing mm-hmm. something important I think at that point I was so done that I was like please don't put up a fight <laughs> like I just I'm ready to to walk away from this. And I actually remember the conversation I had with him where I finally just had to straight up tell him that I didn't love him anymore Hmm. in that way, Hmm. like in the way, yeah. In the way that I should have loved him if I wanted to keep that relationship. I loved, I love him as the father of our kids and the first person that I've ever really experienced love with. Um, Like he probably will always have that hold on my life and in like in my heart um but I wasn't in love with him anymore mm-hmm. in the way where I was going to choose him every day 
Do you ever do you ever think about like the last good time? I have this very vivid memory of the last time I was like really married before mm -hmm. things blew up and mm -hmm. it was done. Mm -hmm. And it's the last 10 seconds I was in the car with her. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of that day, it was done. Mm -hmm. And that, it's so weird to think about. Like if, yeah. if you could be in that moment again, it'd be like, this is the last time you're married to this person. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, I think I, I probably could pinpoint it pretty closely. It was like in July of I, I before I went on a trip. I went on a I went to Mexico for a wedding with just my mom, and nice. it was for a childhood friend. And uh, it was the first time I had been away from my kids, like on a trip. It was the first time I had been away from him um, since we'd been married. We were married for nine years, um, and when I got there. So I had really, I mean, like I said before, like I had really been struggling with this idea that like, I don't know how we go from here. Like I don't force, like I, it's hard to imagine us like growing closer together. Um, I had really had that for like a good year um, before I asked for a divorce. Um, so by July, you know, this was last July. So I had already really been like, we were just like skating on thin ice Um we weren't really talking about anything serious. We were just dealing. I'm like, let's just going through the motions of trying to keep together for the kids, basically. And then I went on this trip and I was a wreck the whole time because I realized like I didn't want to go home. Wow. Yeah. Like I did not want to go home. And I was surrounded by people that I grew up with. Like my mom you know, just my parents being there and it was just me, no distractions of the kids. Like I wasn't doing anything else but just being myself. Um, and I found out I was only there for like five days. And I found out like real quick that like I feel so free. And it's not just like the kind of free that like, you're in Mexico and like, you know, it's crazy or whatever. But it was like I felt so free and I miss the hell out of my kids, but I do not want to go home. And... That's like when I really knew. And I remember just like crying on the way home on the on the airplane. Like, I don't want to land. Like, I don't want to go back to going through the motions and that tension. Like, I did not want to go back to the tension. So, that like, I remember we got back from Mexico at the end of July. I had found out that he had, he had relapsed, actually. That was like the thing. I got back from Mexico and it was like the old pattern all over again of me finding receipts him trying to hide it in many ways he tried to hide it um and it was like I had this whole week of like not wanting to go home and then I come back to that <laughs> you kept the receipts uh you saw like the bank account stuff. I found no I found a receipt in my car <laughs> wow yeah and that's like yeah it was almost like for everything that I found out over our, our whole relationship it was almost like he wanted to get found out because it was always things like that all the time. And, uh, yeah. And then I like, I came back from Mexico. I had one day home and then I was going to turn around and take the boys. I had this, I had a, like a camping trip planned with some mom friends of mine and their kids. So it was just a moms and kids trip. And I had one day in between, uh, Mexico and that. So I came home, um, found that out 
and had said, like, what's this about? Like, we need to talk about this. And then he just ghosted me and we never talked about it. Hmm. And then I left for this camping trip, told my friends, like, this happened. I don't know what to do. Like, I am already like I am barely hanging on here. I can't do this anymore. Um, and I went back. We had a brief conversation about it, but it still took me like we were going to like I went to bed that night. We and like again, like we were going to fall asleep without talking about it, like until I said something and it was like, OK, like what is going on? Like, you know, you know that I know. <laughs> I know that you know that I know. And like we still aren't having this conversation. So um, we did. And then he told me that like that wasn't even the first time that he had drank a bunch and um, had did other things. And it was just like, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. So it was after that, that we like started this month and a half of not talking at all. And during that time that we weren't talking, it was kind of like that week in Mexico where like the space was like over and over again telling me that like I wanted out I wanted out I wanted out it wasn't like we were having the space and then I like wanted back in or that I like missed him all that space was actually like making me want to walk away even more it was like pushing me out so it was after that month and a half that I told him that I was done so did you feel like you weren't good enough? Like he wouldn't just clean it up? Um, honestly, no. I, I think at one point I probably did have those feelings. But I think that's when I was a little more dependent on him for my happiness. And by then I had just, by then I had mentally walked away so many times that I, I think by then I got to the point where I was like, I just deserve more than this. Yeah. Um, and I had, I'm pretty much an open book. So like my friends, my really close friends knew for the last year, like before that they knew that I was getting close to the end. And so the more that I talked about it with them and the more that they would tell me, like, you don't deserve this. Like, you don't deserve to be lied to like this. Like, you guys, the cycle is still there. The pattern is there. Like, it's not changing. He's manipulating you. He's gaslighting you. Like, the emotional abuse was, that was new. Like, that was a new phase that we had gone through. And that was about a year. And I think that's really what, like, um, really pushed me away and what made me realize that like I deserved better than that. The support group that ladies have is so cool. <laughs> Cause you probably have what, two, three, four, five friends that you share a lot with. Mm -hmm. Guys aren't like that. Yeah. Most of the stuff gets bottled up mm -hmm. and we don't know how to talk about it. And we don't know how to deal with it because the, for whatever reason, there's like this thing where you have to figure it out yourself. Otherwise, you're weak. Mm -hmm. And women are so good at just 
bouncing ideas off of each other and discussing things. And I don't know, that's got to play a factor in it somehow. Because you, yeah. I mean, you have this this core group of friends who could listen to you and be like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And even like the aspect of therapy. I mean, I feel like. That was the other thing I was going to ask you. Did you guys try to go to couples therapy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah many times. Um, nothing like super long term. Um, but we had tried many times, like since we got married, since like he started like legally getting into trouble. Like we pretty much got into counseling right away. So, um, but yeah, it was just, again, it was like this thing where we would try it and it would end up being me. Like he, he basically would always say like, this seems like it's more for you than it is for both of us. Hmm. So, cause he's just so, he's just not a communicator. Like, and I guess that's, you know, could be more of a guy thing. Like compare, like when you're, when you sit a, a female and a male in a room together, like who's actually naturally going to talk more. <laughs> I'm sure there's guys out there who will talk women out the room. Like, uh, but he definitely like really struggled to open up to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, he had always, he had been in and out of, his own therapy but again it would be like he would go because the court mandated it and he had to go for like whatever a month or something or like he would go because his parents would be like we're paying this like you need to go like we're paying for it like you need to go so he would go to like you know get them off of his back and then he would be like i'm done with this i mean even when he was in aa he it was just really like sporadic and he um, like he, he did like the whole sponsor thing before me, like he did it like when he was struggling with drugs. Um, but even that he just was like, I don't need this. Like, I remember one day, like he literally told me that like, he wasn't like those people is what he said. And I was like, if you're not like, if you're saying that, like, yeah, the 60 year old in the room that's like divorced and an alcoholic, like, isn't like you, like maybe not. Maybe it's hard to see it from sitting across the room from him, but you might have a lot more in common than you think. And don't think that that couldn't be you one day, you know, like he's just, he was very, I think he, it was just like the whole denial piece. Like, even though he had gone through those steps, like so many times in AA and NA, it really came down to like him accepting that, like, that was who he was. And like, he would have to like realize that every single day and like, it didn't have to be didn't have to consume his life, but he had to actively know that about himself to know that like, this is who I am. And like, I got to choose things that are going to make me the best version of myself. I just think he wanted so badly for that to not be true of him so that it was like easier or something. Yeah. It's easier to, it's easier to see what somebody's doing to themselves when they're, when you're not them. Mm -hmm. Like when you're the outside person Mm -hmm. looking in. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm sorry. It's difficult. It's brutal. I uh, I tell people all the time it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. The worst. And now, I mean, things are better. And there's a lot of things that I can do and that I get to do because I'm not with her. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so things are better now, but there's still times where I just like, I don't know, it's nice. The, the way I always explain it is I lost my identity. I didn't realize it, but I was a father. I was a homeowner. I was a husband. Um, I had hobbies that involved living in the house, like landscaping, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like everything about me and my personality was a part of this thing that she decided one day I didn't get to be a part of anymore. And that is, this is devastating. It's the worst thing. I, I mean, my life has been pretty good. Like not mm -hmm. a lot of horrible things have happened to me and that was by far the worst. And to, to deal with the emotional toll of that that, uh, that I wasn't prepared for, it's just so brutal. And then you have to go through the court. Mm -hmm. And I mean, people, people are not rational when they're going through divorce. Mm -hmm. you, uh, you can become a different person. The other people, and then, oh my God, like just seeing my lawyer's name on the caller ID, mm -hmm. if for some reason... I, I got rid of this guy and I hired somebody else. But if that guy's name would show, like if he called me right now, I would get anxiety. Mm -hmm. It just, the, trigger. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing, it's just so gross and shitty. Yeah. But um, the other part of it is like, I don't want to hate her and I don't want to be mad at her anymore. Like occupy mm -hmm. space in my brain that is not good. And I have to, I mean, I've let go of a lot of it, but there's still like some residual stuff that I haven't quite dealt with. And it, it's not good for me. And uh, I know it's there, but I, I, I haven't figured out how to, mm -hmm. to eliminate it. Yeah. So you're, four, you're four years out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine that probably takes time to figure out how I that think, looks. And yeah. I mean, I think people that don't have to deal with, I mean, assets, whatever, you can take care of that and walk away. But when you have kids with somebody mm -hmm. and you have to constantly see them, it's rough. Yeah. Unless you, unless you and the other person are adults and you can figure out how to uh, co-manage everything, then I, I'm sure it's probably okay. I've heard about people who can, uh, who can do that, but there's just so many emotions involved. Mm -hmm. You spend so much time with somebody and you see a baby come out of their body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's insane. Next level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you'll never, ever experience that with anyone. Mm -hmm. You're forever connected to that person. If not for a million other reasons, for that one. I saw the three things I loved the most come out of her body. Mm -hmm. I was the first person. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't do anything about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just about managing it over time. Right. Trying to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, even just in the whatever, how long it's been, five months, four, four months of, of this journey for us so far, there's been so many ups and downs already. Like, and I'm sure over time, I'd imagine that would level out, but 
just like one week just feeling so angry at him for how like what he's saying or doing or how he's acting and then like the next week being like oh I kind of like you this week like I could I can actually imagine like co-parenting with you and it's cordial and and um yeah just the yeah I mean I feel like we're in this really awkward place where we're doing that like we're pretty cordial for the most part right now it's actually it makes me sometimes wonder like what am I missing like what's about to happen because sometimes it gets like a little too like why does this feel so nice right now um but we also haven't really gone through the legal part of actually going to court and like being there in court together yeah so um for the most part our situation is pretty straightforward other than the kids like the kids just you know like you know it just makes it a little more more complicated more emotions are involved like you said assets are like meh like assets but um yeah deciding what is like the best thing for your kids together is very hard um yeah so we'll see (laughs) it's it's uh always evolving it seems like Mm -hmm. yeah the cool thing is though you are uh, in a better spot and you're happy with the direction things are going Mm -hmm. which is cool yeah yeah for sure yeah it's like you know i would i'd be lying if i didn't say that like there's moments where like when sometimes like when he calls to facetime the kids and i am overhearing or seeing the way you know just or even just the fact that like he has to call to facetime his kids like when i really think about that it is a little heart-wrenching of like mm-hmm. oh like how did we get to this point <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know and i do feel like i in those moments like i i feel for him like i can't imagine how it feels to be like home all week in an empty house um that like we built like for our family um like those little things that if I think about them, it's like, oh yeah, that hurts. Um, and I probably will. They'll probably those like those kinds of things will probably always hurt, always sting. But I think ultimately, you know, when it comes down to it, like your kids deserve the best version of their parents, whether that's in the same house or two households. Fortunately, nowadays, like you said earlier, there's it's so common. That like when we were going through this in the beginning, like my kids, you know, we left in October, like they started, they started new schools in November, like really super weird time to pull them out and put them in new schools. And my oldest really struggled for like three weeks. And um, we had lots and lots of conversations. Like it, it was so hard, but also it was so good because we were like talking on a whole other level together. Like with a seven-year-old, it was like just crazy um and we I would always talk about like you know you might not know it right now but I'm sure you have friends in your class that have a mommy house and a daddy house mm-hmm. and it's just like that just doesn't get talked about like even when I started my job I had no idea like how many people have actually been divorced and it felt like every single person I would meet <laughs> was like Oh, you too? High five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. like, wait, are we celebrating over this? Or like, yeah. we're bonding over this now, I guess. Um, 
But it's just like, yeah, so it sucks. It's like such a sad reality that it's so common, but it's also like a little comforting at the same time to know that people understand what I'm going through and also that my kids will have friends that know how it feels to go back and forth. And um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for as painful as, as it is, I think... I think when the kids are young like that, I think they they just grow into it. And they love, unless something else is going on, like they love dad and mm-hmm. they love mom. They don't really care about all the other stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. They just want to love you and they just want to hang out with you. When when I was going through all the um, uh, uh, parenting time stuff and we were fighting overnight, the we had a retired judge on the Zoom call that was trying to help us settle things so we wouldn't have to go to court. And she goes, do you love your kids? And I'm like, yeah, of course I do. And she's like, do you do they play sports? And I go, yeah. And she goes, do you go to their games and their practices? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, that's all that matters. They don't care whose house they spend the night at. They just care that you're a part of their life. And if you show up and you are involved, that's what they're going to remember. And I'm like, yeah, like how many memories do I have from my childhood? Not many. I know both my parents love me. And if they would have split up, they would still love me. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that you put a lot more weight on than they will. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's more traumatic for you because you're going through it and they're going through it too. But they don't know. Mm-hmm. They're just, they just want to see you happy. Right. And if that means you guys have to split up, then it's better. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think you just, as a parent, you just, you worry about the implications on your kids. So you just, you know, and every parent like doesn't want to fuck up their kids, but ultimately no matter what, like <laughs> we're going to fuck up our kids, like whether. We always do. <laughs> so it's, I mean, not that I would wish this on anyone, but like, I think What I keep telling myself is like, what can I teach my kids out of this? Like, what lessons can they actually, like, what will they actually remember? Like, what memories can I give them still that they will actually remember? Not just the really shitty fall of 21 where we were living out of a suitcase for two weeks trying to figure out where to go. I'm really surprised that you left the house. That doesn't happen very often. I just really want it out. Yeah. It's also... Yeah, like, I think I was just so, it's really difficult because Corp, where he is from, um, and his family is all out there. And uh, so it, it was like, I, I don't know how I could stay here. We were pretty newly out there too, like three, four, almost four years. So it, it uh, yeah it would have been a little weird for me to stay out in that area. Um, given what's going on, it's a very small town. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I think we had talked about different scenarios where we could maybe make it work. Um, so that the kids could stay in their school. Um, we could both stay out there and try to make it as easy as possible on the kids. Um, but ultimately it just was too hard and 
Um, yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll just, I gotta, I gotta get out. Like, mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta do something else here. Cause it's just too, it's making, it was making me like too crazy and yeah. it wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So do you have much hope for the future and whatever else can happen? Like, are you trying to date people or are <laughs> you just like trying to get through this and focus on you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have it in my head. Like I haven't dated in my adult life, period. <laughs> Like at all, like I've haven't dated since I was eighteen. So yeah, there's right. a part of me that's like, you know, I wanna, I I do want to know, um, I want to experience that, and I want to know, I want to. I think that will even. I mean, I'm already figuring out so much about myself, um, being apart from someone that I was so wrapped up in. Um, yeah. So I I'm I'm really curious to see and to learn more about myself as I meet other people and like see other people and really figure out like, I mean, I'm going to be picky as hell. (laughs) Like, why not? Like at this point, I feel like if you know what you don't want and like, know Mm. what you're, I mean, and also like going through this, I feel like does really help you realize like what you are looking for now and what you want to steer clear of and to always listen to the, your gut that kind of gives you those red flags, Mm -hmm. like trusting yourself a little bit more. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm like, uh, definitely open to it. And yeah, I'm just trying to like slow that, that part of myself down and just focus on, um, getting through the next few months and yeah, really soaking up any extra time I have with the kids. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if this is the case for you or not, but, uh, one of the coolest parts for me is that I can travel. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to travel with someone, Mm -hmm. but it's also nice to do stuff by yourself occasionally. For sure. Yeah. You can kind of figure out what you're trying to do. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually like a huge goal of mine for, I don't know about this year, if it will happen this year. Yeah. Um, Maybe like in the summer. um, But I also have not traveled much like other than going on like a, you know, a family trip once a year or like we we did camp a lot and we fished a lot so you know we did like a lot of camping but you go fishing i fly fish yeah really so that's like what my goal is is to i learned it with him and so i've already gone once by myself um on the metolius like a month ago i went um where's that um it's like outside of sisters in bend area yeah i like to go to have you heard of camp sherman uh, yeah. Yeah. So the Metolius runs right through Camp Sherman. Hmm. It's like my favorite place to camp. Um, so my goal for the next few years um, is to get really comfortable fly fishing by myself because I love it. Like it's my favorite pastime hmm. and I'm it. It's just so peaceful. And. I know that that will be like really good therapy for me, um, but also it'll be really challenging to learn it like apart from the person that I learned it with and to get confident, you know. What do you like most about it? Uh, It's, oh my gosh. You're going to have me geek (laughs) out. You're going to have me geek out right now about fly fishing. Um, Well, for one thing, like when you're fly fishing, you're like in the middle of the water. Yeah. And where I like to fly fish is like, 
Crooked River and Prine, out of Prineville and the Deschutes. And you're like in the middle of this water and you feel so tiny. Like there's just huge, huge, like just mountains all around you. And you're in the middle of the water and like you're, it's just so different. Like the, the, the technique of it and the skill that it requires and the patience that it requires, like there's something about, like you really have to slow down and you really have to like just be willing to get skunked because it's like you're in the middle of like someone else's home. And I, I just, I don't know. I feel like it's such a humbling experience and I live a pretty like, I have to stay busy. I don't slow down easily. Um, it's really hard for me to like stay really focused on one thing for a while <laughs> So the fact that I could fly fish all day long, like, says something about it. I don't know. It's just so humbling. And it just really, I don't know, you can just really, like, get out of your mind mm -hmm. when you're doing it. So it's more about the activity, not about the catching of oh, the fish and I mean, eating it. Oh, no, I don't eat it. You don't eat it. You no. just catch and throw it back. Catch and release. Yeah. I mean, if we're, like, if I'm, like, camping somewhere and I'm, like, fishing right by the campground... And, like, it's a good-sized fish and, mm -hmm. you know, the kids always, like, want to eat some of it. But um, usually fly fishing, like, you hike, like, miles. Yeah. So you don't – you can't take it back. Like, you can't take it anywhere. So, oh, no, it's all about, like, just the the adrenaline of, like, not knowing what the fish looks like, too. Like, just – I mean, you can feel maybe what it looks like. But the surprise of it, too, when it comes up and you're like, oh, it's a pretty good-sized fish. <laughs> Um, so then you catch it, take a picture of it, and put it back mm -hmm. in the water. Yeah. Yeah, the fight is super fun. Yeah, it's just That's cool. like I said, like there's so much technique involved with it. It's just so different than just like you know using a spinner. Uh, That's so cool. You do not look like someone who fishes. <laughs> I love surprising people with it, like because I know it. Like I know yeah. it still surprises me sometimes, where I can't believe that I love it so much. But yeah, I I um. The back of my forerunner, I have a nice, I have a fish sticker. I have a fish sticker on my forerunner. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I love it. So I, I just, I mean, I have all my gear and I, that was the one thing that I really was, you know, I almost thought about it like right when I moved out. Like I almost like thought instantly about it of like, oh, like what am I going to do about fishing? Like who am I going to fish with? <laughs> um I don't have I have one girlfriend that fishes and we still have yet to fish together but I don't know a lot of women that fish yeah so I believe it <laughs> so um it's yeah I have a I have a pretty close guy friend that we like grew up together and and he fishes quite a bit so we've talked about it but it's just like one of those things that I'm just I, I honestly want to do it more myself to just have that time mm-hmm and to be out there. And I also just like love taking road trips. So, yeah. Yeah. The best part about that is uh, not being connected to anything. Mm -hmm. You're just, my favorite thing is to, uh, you know, if you're just like standing in line at the grocery store or something, people always just like pull out their phone instantly mm -hmm. and start looking at stuff. And that's like important time that you can think about things and maybe be creative or like ponder some stupid thing. At least that's how my brain works. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like if you're out there fly fishing, it probably doesn't get any more peaceful than that. You don't have to answer emails or 
yeah. talk to anyone or think about anything other than just nature. Yeah. 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 Like I said, like you, like I feel so small, like anything, this is going to sound super cliche, but like anything that's like super like pressing in my mind and feels huge and just like that it's just, you know, if it's not going to get done, the world's going to end. And when you go to a place like that, like where you're literally just like a speck, like no one would ever know. Like, <laughs> like I, I am out in the middle of nowhere and like my problems all of a sudden just don't feel that big, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, it's just really, especially with, um, that's what I love about like my kids have, my kids really have grown up doing that. So I really want to keep that going for them too, because there's just a lot to learn. Like when you grow up out in nature, I didn't really grow up in nature. Like I grew up in the city. My mom hates camping. <laughs> we never went camping. <laughs> I went camping once a year with my friend and her family. Cause they would go on a once a year trip. That was the extent of my nature, um, experiences, but, um, I just appreciate it so much and like just the memories that it comes with too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm like excited. I'm excited to explore by myself and just struggle by myself and have to learn how to tie my own lines and yeah, <laughs> we good. <laughs> cool. Well, I think that's a good spot to uh, shut it down. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me.